hand into the fire. Run. Run! Hello and welcome to episode 25 of Out of the Frying Pan, a Middle-Earth strategy battle game podcast. Now, at this last, we must take a hard road, a road unforeseen. There lies our hope, if our hope it be, to walk into peril, to Mordor, we must send the ring to the fire. Awesome stuff. So, I wonder if people know what's coming up. Maybe by the title of the show, we might give it away. (laughs) (laughs) How's it going anyway, Dan? You right? Yeah, I'm all good. Thank you. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Not too bad. Right then, let's tell you guys what's coming up in the show and then we'll crack on right into it. So, as always, we have many meetings where Dan and I will discuss the news, um, chat about what we've been up to over the last couple of weeks since we've last recorded. Um, And then we have for our main discussion today in our Council of Elrond, we're going to be discussing fantasy fellowships, um, sort of covering the the new rules for fantasy fellowships that are in the Quest of the Ringbearer book. Um, and talking about the ones we've written ourselves um, and we'll have another heroic death match in the show as per usual now a regular segment and we have the mighty tree beard topical taking on a troll chieftain all right then so we'll go for a little break now and we'll come back with many meetings incom gaming the new center for tabletop wargaming in gloucestershire visit incomgaming.co.uk for great savings on pre-orders and all your hobby needs We stock many gaming systems and hobby accessories and can ship to anywhere in the UK. Market-leading gaming mats from GameMats.eu. Visit the store and check out how to turn your tabletop into a battlefield. Incom Gaming is based in the centre of Cheltenham and offers tables and scenery for casual and organised play with a fully licensed bar. Check out our events page for upcoming events where everyone is welcome. Visit IncomGaming.co.uk Income Gaming. Come game, shop, drink. And here we are for another many meetings um, where we talk about what we've been up to and news. And, and we have news. For, for obvious reasons, it's been a bit of a slower year for news, so we don't always have things to talk about in the show in the news section. But we, we do have news. Let's... I mean, the notes we put here, I've decided what to put there, and Dan might have his own ideas as well. But um, <laughs> um, should we talk about the made-to-order, not made-to-order? Um, because I've, I, I want to talk a little bit about some of the reaction to it and, and things like that. I imagine you may do too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, in a positive way. I mean, in a positive way. I mean, it's... Um, so let, let's, let's, let's put it in some context, shall we? So... Um, to go with war in Rohan, there was a made-to-order announced back in April, was it supposed to be? I've forgotten now, but it was definitely back kind of beginning of COVID or even pre-COVID times. Um, yeah, I think they announced it and it would have been landed within the first couple of months or of what was or what has been sort of, you know, the, the COVID period. Yeah. Waving my fingers around in inverted commas here. I mean, and the made to order is a relatively new thing. Um, made to order for GW isn't, but in the way that it's used, I might be completely wrong here as well. So do do write in and and correct me. But I get the impression that because of the way Middle Earth runs um, and the, the huge amount of models that were available in the range, but that the, the storage space at the moment that made made to order is is used to to bring back models. Um, that they just can't really afford to keep in the range all the time. Um, 
but that maybe will come back again. Whereas maybe for 40k, when things come on May to order, they are very much as special, um, and they might not have a plan for them to come back for for very long in the future. Uh, but May to order is very much a tool to kind of write. Well, we can't have all these models out at the moment, so we're going to release the May to order to support a release, which is usually a book or something like that. But there's only been a couple, and this was the one for for for. Um, war in Rohan so there was I haven't got it in front of me so I'm doing it from memory but there's the metal Ents the old metal Ents there was a unreleased ever Thaden without uh, Thaden sorry I'm gambling without Banner I think there was a Thaden in his pyjamas isn't he um, the Warg attack one um, yeah. mounted leggy um, there's Wargs as well, so it's, you know, there's uh, kind of Gimli on the Dead Orc. That's it. So um, battering ram, battering ram. Yeah, the, yeah. There's a couple more things as well. Oh, Haldir, Metal Haldir, and Haldir's Elves. So Helms DP, stuff. They did, they did. So the idea is a made to order is you order whatever you want and um, then they make it to order and, and send it out to you. And we knew it was delayed because because of COVID. Um, and they got problems, haven't they? I think its production is with metals is probably going to be a lot harder than some other things. They definitely won't be able to run the factory. I'm making massive assumptions here, but some stuff we know, but they can't run the factory at full capacity because of obviously social distancing and all the other things that all, all of us who are at work with businesses have to deal with one way or another. Um, and it was announced. Oh, it was in a few week, couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? That they that this the stuff that was in the May to order would become available, but rather than a May to order, it was a limited release. So they'd obviously they had to, they'd made some stock, um, but once it's gone, it was gone. And I think like, we'll make again. Are they made, I don't know if they made an official announcement on this, but I think the assumption is problems still obviously with covid and production and if they did a made to order and people order all this stuff and they just couldn't make it in time it would be very very poor customer service so they made a, a certain amount maybe as much as they physically could in order to get this stuff out to middle earth fans who are waiting for it um at least in the same calendar year as the book came out so the thing because you know the longer you got away from that book release the, re- the, the, the sort of less relevant they became so that was my understanding of it anyway and most people were quite happy about it but there were there's quite a lot of negativity, wasn't there, um, in in a couple of the groups. And my main assumption, and I'll let you talk about it, my main um, sort of takeaway from it, that people seem to have forgotten we're in a global pandemic because most of the comments from people that were really kind of self-righteous and moany um, complaining why is it not made to order and why haven't they made enough stuff and there's all these the, the usual comments about gw's doing this as a as a business model purposely deliver you know making small amounts of stuff and it just makes my eyes roll every time we hear it this is a small it's a relatively small department within a, the biggest wargaming company in the world but it's still a small company compared to so many other things um and i think people just get carried away with what they think of the size of the corporate nature of GW. It's just um, people making toy soldiers and, and war games, isn't it, really? And they're not necessarily always trying to r- rip people off. And I just, I don't know, I just found it a little bit disappointing from a, from a personal point of view, some of the reactions, some of the comments about people completely forgetting why they might have done what they've done. <laughs> yeah, I think it comes back to the age-old um, people feel a sense of ownership over not just the models that make up their own personal hobby, but they feel ownership of, or at least in part of the hobby in Mm -hmm. its entirety. And they take anything which disappoints them personally as an attack on them. Um, People can be prone to that kind of thing. And people are also very 
prone to thinking the worst in all situations. I think this year has obviously not helped a lot of people. I'm not saying this is a mm-hmm. yeah a hobby thing or a, just in general. If you look at social media, I mean the amount of blooming people who clearly have spent the last few months making Tim Vaughan hats. <laughs> in regardless of subject, you see some absolutely outlandish and wild arguments going on in you know otherwise quite pleasant you know parts of the internet um yeah i'd imagine there's probably some pretty ferocious knitting group <laughs> arguments nowadays you know there's a global wool shortage and it's down to uh you know bill gates trying to kill all the sheep with his virus whatever the reason people are using to talk absolute nonsense Mavis today making angry emoji faces on doris's um knitted face marks post because there's no inner lining in the hole to trying to argue with about whether they're COVID safe because of the holes. Yeah. I think people sometimes, um, we, we all have a certain responsibility to ourselves and to each other to be forces of positivity in the areas that we frequent. Mm-hmm. You never know what the other people who share that space with you are going through, you know, regardless of whether or not you believe COVID is as bad as people say it is, blah, blah, I don't personally give much credence to other people's opinions on the matter. It, the, the science says it's real and people have died from it, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, you never know what someone's gone through. They, they can't see their family. If someone's died, who knows? They might have lost their job and they go to our shared spaces of hobbies, things that they enjoy in order to escape from the reality of life sometimes and uh, just have people being miserable. <laughs> it doesn't sit well with me, I'm, you know. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's probably, I don't want to paint the wrong picture of it. it wasn't this isn't some massive controversy at all most people you know were very well behaved and pretty understanding and it, and it took all, i know it's different in some of the other countries because there's different amounts were shipped dell's places but in terms of the uk um, that's the only place i can speak of really because i'm not seeing the stock availability in the other stores because i'm not in, in the other parts of the world because i'm not there um most stuff was still available later that day only and then the next day only a couple of things had sold out completely um obviously how does was one of those and i think gimli on the dead eric was another one as well but most people you know people going talking about going back and adding to it the next day so whatever the amounts they made clearly weren't very far off at all so i imagine that a lot of people got what they wanted um it could have been you know i think there were fears that it would all sell out really really quickly so yeah not every most people were happy i know i, I kind of started this conversation with a little almost a negative point myself but i was um i don't know just disappointed me a little bit some of the there was a couple of people that made posts that didn't kind of get shut down quite quickly it went on and on and quite a few people in there kind of joining and it just like wake up there's a, there's a lot more important things on whether you got your previously OOP um, Middle Earth model um, and the reason those other things that are, are much more important at the moment are directly linked to why this has been handled the way it has by Games Workshop. I'm being thankful that we actually got got to have it. There's, and then you obviously got the people that were made the, you know, the anti-COVID kind of comments as part of it when it was used as an excuse. And it's just like, oh, God, really. But on the whole, people were pretty good about it. But there were a few notable people that made comments and either whether they're gw related about this is a deliberate business model to run out of stuff to make people buy stuff quickly which i don't agree with to be honest with you i don't see any evidence of that especially in things like this um and then covid was the other factor you know we i think it's pretty well known that, that they have issues at the moment with um managing the warehouses and they already had issues before covid they're already building a new warehouse to give themselves more space about stock levels and things and um, production is a problem so yeah 
wake up people if you uh, if you listen to Spook Fair. I think people like that probably won't listen to us anyway because we're far too um, nicey nicey about GW and, and things. Oh, yes, um, yeah. The risk of sounding like a GW shill, which you know has been an accusation thrown. Um, you know, loving the taste of GW's boot leather. Um, I think they did quite well with the whole thing. The fact that so much stuff was still available potentially next day, as you said, yeah. goes to show. You know, think you know things have been listened to. Previous um, where they've done bits and pieces has been looked at and forecasts made accordingly, and I think it all went rather well. Yeah. And yeah, as you said, it wasn't predominantly negative. It was predominantly positive. People saying, "Look at all the cool stuff I've got." And in the last day or so, we've had people going, "Look at my, the cool stuff that's arrived." Yes. You know, yes. Boxes full of unpainted models that people probably still won't have painted in a year's time. <laughs> yeah, I've got them pretty quick and. Again, one final point on it, and then we'll we'll move on to the other news. Is that when there's accusations, and again, I don't really feel like I've been standing up for GW, but you know, we we all, I think, most of us in this hobby that have been in the hobby for a while, know people that have worked in GW, even if it's just a local store, and know that they're all gamers, or nearly all gamers, and so that's why I kind of like to stand up for them sometimes when there's angry people on the internet having to go at them. If you think back to the criticism of them, keep you know making low amounts of things to make money, um, the things that ran out prior to this, which I wouldn't include in the in 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 it anyway, because didn't stuff didn't run out that quickly. Prior to that, the other two areas that they ran out quite quickly for SPG were cards. Well, they said, "Wow, we didn't expect that," and they went and printed more. And those didn't sell out right away. So, yes, people had to wait a bit longer, but they went back and fixed it. And the other one would be dice. Only we didn't get new sets of dice. Um, I imagine it takes a lot longer to get your dice made and printed, and it's not something you can just go and reorder loads. Um, and, you know, and both of those things, you don't need to play the game. Obviously, you need dice to play the game, but you don't need GW dice to play the game. Other than that, there's not an issue, is there? So I think people kind of manufacture the issue themselves. They let it become bigger than it is. But anyway, just thought uh, I'd uh, mention that. Couldn't resist mentioning it when when I saw some of the, the, the chatter in the groups in the last week or so. Um, other news, positive news. What was teased, Dan? Oh, I don't know. I've not seen anything to do with anything <laughs> in the last couple of days. Uh, Certainly not seen the, uh, the funny memes. Um, no, no. <laughs> Obviously. Tabletop Inquirers was uh, was a good one. Um, so, tree beard, tree beard, plastic tree beard. Um, I I think I said on the last show, didn't I, that, that when they did that kind of one pager talking about Fangorn and Ents and stuff, I, I, I wondered whether something might be coming. And um, I don't know if I expected a tree beard. Um, like a lot of people, maybe um, the character Ents that we don't have. Would have been my my main guess, but I would have hoped for a tree bit at some point because, uh, like many people have said, I think he's a bit small. I think I'd, well, the one I've got, I'd already planned to chop his legs and extend them and, and green stuff in the gaps to make him at least the same height as the the plastic ones. Um, so this this new plastic one just looks fantastic, and I'm very 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 excited. As listeners, people that have listened to the show for a while will know what my pl- will, what will know what my plans were for this year's Throne of Skulls, which is not happening, and know that that's now next year's plans, which is a, a Fangorn um, force with a big display board, and um, I'm even more excited now. And I'm kind of glad in some ways that I didn't do the board, go to um, Throne of Skulls this December, and pick up my 
plastic tree beard on sale there as a as a as an early release or something, which maybe would have been the plan before. If we're guessing a little bit and COVID putting it back, could have been the case, couldn't it? Maybe there's usually something released on there. Last year it was all of the the Dunland stuff, isn't it? So if this maybe would have been if this would have been a teaser at whatever um american um events would have been happening in september or something maybe we'd have got lucky and got early sales i mean it doesn't matter anymore but um it would have been a bittersweet turning up at a throne of skulls with um an old tree beard and um and then having a new one especially after making time doing a display board i want to keep um and then thinking oh how do i get the new one to go on it but um yeah this this new one is incredible and i can't imagine anyone's listening to this and hasn't seen it but if you haven't, go and go and just go and get on the groups, get on the um, Warcom and, and have a look at it because it is it is brilliant. Um, it's a full multi-part plastic kit. Are the the new Merry and Pippin in it? Are they separate models? That's something I didn't manage to pick up. From what I can see, I think um, they're in it. I, I don't know whether the, you can assemble him to have because they they show pictures of him in the preview with them him on the hobbits on his shoulder. Yes, I knew. I guess they'd um, be in it, but the the dismounts, the foot ones. Yeah, they're new plastic separate, sculpts. They're definitely on there. They're definitely in the same box. Oh, I would have. Well, I, I assume don't know, so, but then I don't, but... don't know what it was. But then I just looked. One of the images was in two separate images, and I just thought, I wonder, that's not a separate box, is it? I imagine it'd be. A bit oh, I would imagine they're in the same box, though. I'd, I'd hope so. I'd hope so. But um, well, technically, for his profile, you include them, and you can dismount. You can, yeah. They count as, um, and they, they do like to include most options in the boxes nowadays. They do, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm assuming it is, but I just thought, just in case, I didn't get to watch the. Th- well, I did watch it live, but I, um, it was, it was the weekend after my son's birthday, and his nan had come around. She was in our bubble, the UK people. If people are wondering why in lockdown she was lying around, she's in our bubble. Um, she came round to um, bring his presents round and and spend some time with him because she couldn't make it round on his actual birthday and so it was kind of a family afternoon and I had the iPad on the worktop in the kitchen and I had the volume down so I was watching it and I saw the pictures come up and I did a little post about it on my phone but I wasn't able to listen to what what they were saying about it so I missed all the description um so I've kind of I'm not got not a chance to go back and, and watch it on playback on Twitch yet but uh, I'm just really excited really excited and um I don't know when it's going to be out can't wait for it to come out um it will really i'm kind of i don't need it now I'm quite happy if it's kind of january or even later next year will do me fine to be honest with you so it'd be nice to get a couple of projects done out of the way and when i get him I can actually start working on him and the board straight away but very very excited more excited about a miniature um that i've been in this game probably since since i've got started playing it a couple of years ago um I mean, some lovely miniatures around, but for, for something that I'll kind of... It's a project I've got coming up and something I'm planning to do something big with. And it's awesome. Yeah, very excited. Um, yeah. I'm guessing you won't be getting one. You'd have no need to, to buy one whatsoever. Mm, I, I don't know. See, see where I am and what projects I've got on. Um, see how much he costs. Yeah, uh, yeah. What do you reckon? 60 mil base or is that a larger one? You think? I don't think they said. Oh, I reckon it'll be on a sixty. Because um, he's quite. I can't see them changing his profile. And monsters are all on sixties. Yeah, well, not all monsters are on sixties, are they? Aren't Unless they? otherwise noted, you've got like uh, obviously the the beast of Gorgoroth and 
um, chariots and things. Aren't the Gundabad trolls on a eighties? I've got oh, one I behind me. I'm just trying to see if I can see it without. Um, let me have a look. It's making for damn good podcasting. This yeah, it's good. You can hear my <laughs> chair creaking as I lean around and grab him. I think he's on an eighty. And he is. So it's 80 across the bottom, and they say it measure 60s and 80s. So he's on an 80. Um, and it doesn't doesn't say in the profile, does it? It's just typical GW stuff you use the model that's supplied with. Um, so is there anything in the rules that would cause an issue if he was suddenly on an 80? No, although he'd be arguably less effective. Yeah. That said, also, his aura would be better. Well, so you're supposed to be around about in some ways. If he gets surrounded and he goes absolutely bonkers with a power attack and he's using back and he doesn't, he, he could potentially kill more models. I mean, so he's got more chance to fail and it stop as well. But um, yeah, who, who knows? But it, it looks big, doesn't it? And I just wondered whether they've upped the base size. I mean, they've got previous for, for odd base sizes, haven't they? Look at, um, isn't it, it's Bowles Wags on a like weird <laughs> oval. Oval, yeah. yeah. Um, but mm, I just wondered, I just wondered, because it just looks, it looks big. When you see him in the, the the right image, when he's got the models at his feet, he's huge. And I wonder whether a 60, he'd be a bit top heavy, and whether 80 would feel like more of a natural size for for that and if it makes him seem bigger and more powerful than the standard plastic ends um i could don't know i could i could see it it's but if, if it wasn't for the gundabad trolls being on 80s i wouldn't have even thought about it but yeah that's a fair cop we'll soon see won't we yeah yeah just looks cool well, hopefully i kind of hope he's on 80 something about it just just says it'd be cool um, but yeah, I can't. That's another reason for me not starting um, my my big display board because if I cut out a uh, a sixty mil hole and look at where I'm going to pour resin, and it turns out to be an eighty, well, it's going to be trouble. <laughs> trouble for me. <laughs> guys. Um, and then one other thing, a bit news related. So the latest white dwarf was quite cool, wasn't it? What was in that? Oh, the uh, wizard's jewel. Yes. Updated rules for that, which. Um... We have discussed and hopefully be coming in a future episode. Yes. Well, we I don't mind saying when. I think the plan is to, to, to do it next time. I can't remember what we said at all, but I think in the last show I kind of gave a little bit of a rundown of what we had coming up. But things are obviously subject to change. But I think our original plan was to, for we're only going to do one episode in, in December and that was going to have a, a dual um, main segment, so two. Um, one, a discussion on something, which will we'll come later on. And one was going to be Balanced Tomb. But um, I'm just trying to take pressure off myself for painting a whole uh, Moria army and build a two by two balanced tomb board. Um, all the other things around Christmas as well, because we've got to find time to play that um, and then you know record the segment for it as well. Um, so we're probably going to move that back to January now, um, and 
I think what we might do is play the the Wizards dual game. I don't know if it's something that we can do as a death match and record. Um, we could potentially record it if it's too long and boring. We might not actually include that in the show. Um, but we uh, we're definitely going to give it the kind of give it the review like we have been doing with some of the scenarios. I think so. Sort of take it through the rules and play the game and give a bit of a rundown as a, a bit of a joint a bit of a joint segment thing. So it looks cool though. I'm really really excited. I might um might try and laminate the. Uh, the poster that comes in it will stick it down or something to give it a little bit of longevity because it's just normal normal poster stuff but comes free in with the white dwarf so you've got your playing space rather than taking it out of was it one of the best of white dwarfs before I think it was in or was it in a journey but it's best of white dwarf wasn't it uh, it was in definitely in um, the uh, Battle Games of Middle Earth oh maybe it's in that uh, why did I think it was a best of white dwarf? But no, you might be right. Yeah, might be right. So anyway, we've got the we've got the new version of that now, and we will um, we will very likely be playing that for the, for the next show and letting you guys know how it how it went. And it's perfect for us with our little top down camera job on and playing a game over over Discord. But anyway, so there's been a bit of news. It's quite cool. It's nice to be able to talk about releases and and, and um, teasers and uh, and a really good section in, in the latest White Dwarf. But Dan, what have you been up to? Well, not a terribly huge amount in regards to Middle Earth, apart from the usual uh, catching up with the battle streams of Middle Earth guys and uh, doing some planning for this this episode. Um, yeah, I didn't actually buy anything from the uh, not made to order. Um, Nothing that was on there is particularly relevant to what I'm working on uh, project-wise at the moment. Partly uh, because I'm trying to streamline uh, a lot of the things that I'm working on at the moment. I've seemed to have so many different projects on the go. And it's actually got me to the point where it's causing me to not do anything. Yeah. Because I don't know what I'm working on. I don't know what I'm working towards. And then I just get a bit... Well, to be honest, I've gone watch television instead. I get annoyed with it, so uh, I'm trying to streamline what I'm working on and uh, attack things in uh, a logical order, and that's definitely helping. The lack of, um, you know, events to come or things that we're working on, obviously, uh, because I don't have the same setup as you, I can't really host the games, and you're taking on the lion's share of of that. It's not leaving me with much to paint. Yeah, yeah. in regards to the podcast stuff. So, um, and because we've got no. Events coming, and I'd, I'm very determined not to start a new showpiece army, <laughs> purely because I've put so much effort into doing my dog order stuff yeah. that it would be a crying shame to have spent that much time painting them this year and then working on something else and taking this new thing to whichever events we've got next year and these dog order models not getting an airing. So I understand that, definitely. Yeah, I'll just... um. Yeah, I have been painting. I've been painting a few other bits and pieces for the game systems or just for my own enjoyment, really, my own benefit. A few little bits and pieces, models, um, and just generally sort of trying out new techniques on a few different bits and pieces of throwing one or two models in the bin. Um, <laughs> but you gotta, yeah, you got to break a few eggs to make an omelette, and sometimes in order to learn a new technique, you have to try and fail. So I've done that, and hopefully uh, the mistakes I've made and the lessons I've learned are going to translate into better painting in the future. So that's the plan, and yeah. uh, so I'm not going to go into what I was painting for that yet, but oh, I will okay. eventually. Okay. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm with you now. I'm with you. I don't know what it is either, but I'm. I'm... But so you, um, so you were doing a bit on your 
border armies that now shelved so you don't have that kind of um conflict with with the stuff you've painted this year already or is that are you going to still do that uh, no the, that is purely stand? because i ran out of valero dark slate right <laughs> so you're still going to do them but they're going to be you know as, a, as another army for rather than something that's sort of your showpiece thing that you're going to build a board and everything for is that the kind of Oh yeah, I mean they're just going to be a, an army I'm going to whack together. I've, I've planned it out. I mean, uh, as we've discussed uh, offline, I've got a few models to go to buy for it. Um, it's not a traditional Mordor army purely because I'm trying to keep the model count down, so I don't have to paint millions of the things. Yeah. Um, but I'd quite like to have an army, just play with it, play for fun. Anyone who play competitive would take one look at it and go, "What are you doing?" And I'd say, <laughs> "Whatever I want to." Would be my answer to that. Um, but yeah, I've got some ideas for that. Um, and that will get dealt with in time um, without getting bogged down too much in real life. Um, I am on reduced hours at the moment with the way the world is working and uh, has impacted my uh, my income. And then my car decided to have a wobbler. So, um, yeah. It's <laughs> uh, literally hobby from... wobbling, isn't it? Well, yes, at the moment. Suspension <laughs> decided it didn't want to be in one piece, which is fantastic. Um, but uh, that's meant that I haven't been able to necessarily splash out as much as I want to, but it's in to be fixed tomorrow, and hopefully I'll have some money left at the end of it, which I can <laughs> spend on paints and possibly a model to treat myself. So, um, That'd be nice. yeah, and they'll have to tide me over until payday, because unfortunately, um, you know, it's Christmas time, as, as we keep getting told. I mean, as much as I don't think it's Christmas until at least sort of late teens uh, or the early sort of 20th or 21st of December, uh, I don't really start getting I'm, too excited. Unfortunately, I'm I do have to buy things, well. um, presents, etc. Don't get away with that. I would be a very much have put my Christmas decorations up around the twentieth if I was if I was allowed. And Emma even mentioned because of this year that uh, the amount of people around us in our um, sort of development that have already put their Christmas decorations up right from the, like the tenth of November. She said, "Well, we could do it." And I'm like, oh, no, no. So I think I negotiated down to um, like quite early in December now, like like not this weekend, but the next weekend, so like this this fifth or sixth, whatever that will be. Um, so not ideal, but um, at least it's in December. Uh, I, have a, I have a small tree that uh, will get put up at some point in December and it gets put up high where my small furry wrecking ball of a cat cannot tear it to pieces <laughs> and leave it, it strewn across the floor. Are all the decorations still on it? Is it, is it like kind of need to pop out of a box like a, like a wizard's a wizard, like a magician's flower sort of out of a top hat? No, no, it's, it's a proper, it's just like, it's like a literally a miniature <laughs> Christmas tree. So you have to, you know, put it all together and then you spend 15 million years fluffing all of them in branches back out because it's been <laughs> scrunched up and yeah you put proper lights on it and everything it's not one of those ones that you just pop the base up and then turn the leds on it's actually like a it's a proper little tree little baubles the whole the whole shebang Lovely. We, but um, uh i hate i hate taking decorations down especially off the tree and then untangling the lights and this is a couple of years ago now before we before we moved to where we are now when we we're living in cheltenham um they were I I got our it was a, it's a fake Christmas tree but it was a six foot one and I um basically got loads of cling film and just wrapped the tree in cling film so led it on its side with everything still on it baubles tinsel the lights the lot and then wrapped it all up. <laughs> um, so Emma's got photos of me wrapping this tree up and then just sticking sticking it up in the loft. It the 
next Christmas, she thanked me because you, you take the, the clean film off, strain it down. It needed a lot of work to make it look nice again, but you didn't need to fight with the lights. The lights were ready to go. So there you go. There's your chip, people. Get some, if you can get some of that packing um, stuff that, you know, that when you go, you only see it overseas when you're um, at airports. You don't see it in the UK as much now, that wrapping you can put around your suitcases. You know, back in the days where people could, like use planes and could travel and stuff. Um, you get those, that big, if you can get that, any of that big industrial wrap, perfect. Um, wrap your Christmas tree up. It saves you, saves you taking stuff off. Stu Mac tip there for you. Um. <laughs> well, um, mine will get put up at some point. Um, uh, mine will get in by the dog well, this year. No, like everything else. Well, well, there is an argument of, you know, lots of you will bar humbug, but kind of a, what's the point? No one's going to come around to see it anyway because <laughs> I do bubble up with people for Christmas. I'll be going to theirs. They won't be coming here. That's a good point. Uh, yeah. I remember living on my own for a few years, years ago and I, I still a little tree up i felt it just felt a little bit too bar humbug it's just to, to not put anything up but you definitely uh definitely i'm saying oh yeah uh, straight up for the old violins though i, I legitimately yeah. had a, a cupcake with a candle on it for my birthday this year because we're in the throes of lockdown still so oh. <laughs> it's been a funny old year 2020 certainly has certainly has anyway so moving on from the misery what have you been up to um not not loads this time actually. Um, I've done a little bit of chipping away at the Moria goblins and getting the the worst bit of that army out of the way first. Um, I've got everything built and, and primed, and I might work a little bit on the um, Balrog tomorrow night because it will be this will be out after it's happened. But it's uh, it's uh, battle streams in Middle Earth again tomorrow night. We're we're recording on the Thursday the twenty sixth at the moment. Um, and it's Balrog week, isn't it? So I might put a bit of paint on my Balrog to uh, join in with everyone else. But um, I'm trying to save finishing it off and all the nicer things to last, like the troll and, and, and things. But I mean, just chipping away through all of the plastic uh, Moria goblins. I've got the flesh done on them all now. Um, it's just a slow process by doing it in one big batch. But we'll get there. Um, and then what have I done? I've done two new YouTube videos, actually. I um, only pimped those today. I put one up a week ago and completely forgot about it. I deliberately didn't um, do any kind of advertising of it because I wanted to get the second video up um, at the same time because they're not super exciting. It's the kind of, I sort of said when I did my Smaug unboxing that I would do a kind of progress of as I built it, but also do some part tutorial, but not full tutorial, if that makes sense. So as I'm building it, sort of show bits and say, this is how you deal with Forge World Resin kind of thing. So sort of my first video was me really talking about the tools and washing it. And I didn't want to just put that video out and pimp it and then take two weeks before I brought the next bit out. So I did did a two at the same time. Um, and the second one was just me doing the initial building of certain parts of it, really, just the main body, adding the legs and the tail and the neck. Um, and just sort of giving some tips on how you kind of saw gates off models if you've only ever had models small enough that you can clip stuff off um you know and i think the next video i'll do a bit of gap filling and things like that but i'm not going to do a full tutorial where i kind of video every stage i do um it's kind of like video in 20 minutes of maybe me working on something for an hour or two um and then you so it'll skip through um it'll be a lot more exciting when i get to the painting stages but anyway i promised i'd sort of record it as as I did it, it's nice to start work, working on the model. So it's uh, one stage further than some people. So it's still in its box at the moment, but there are some bits assembled. Um, yeah, and... I did watch it earlier. Um, it was it was good to watch. Um, you were you were very very uh, safety conscious. <laughs> I always feel I should be. I'm not. 
I probably a little bit more haphazard with blades and things when I'm doing it myself. But I, re I realized when I put something that was my YouTube, first thought <laughs> um, was that I ought to be sensible and, and talk about how you shouldn't, shouldn't do things because there may be kids watching and I don't want to be kind of responsible for some little, little Timmy out there um, sticking a, a exacto blade through his hand because he's watched some idiot on the internet doing it. Um, so yeah, I thought I'd just sort of mention about being, it's not the most riveting viewing. Um, it is kind of, of like there's a bit of progress for smog and if you want to know um what tools you need to build a big model like that um and you want to know how to sort of handle you know dealing with the gates and using the, the saws and stuff if you've played nothing but middle earth and you used the plastic miniatures and the metal miniatures um a lot of but you see i see it on the groups and stuff people go i'll just purchase purchase my first forge world miniature but uh, you know if you've only purchased your first forge world infantry model foot model something like smog might be you know way out of your experience level and whereas me and we've both played heresy and i'm a commission painter so the amount of resin tanks we've built and things is makes it second nature but i know not a lot of people have so i just added little bits of tips and things that people can watch it and go yeah okay now i know what tools i need and what kind of thing that i, I can expect if i buy that model i still um, find spruce confusing <laughs> I um I I don't like the modern GW sprues when they because they're so packed. I mean, like I wouldn't. I love that there's more stuff on them. So this is I don't like, but I don't really want them to change. I just sort of it's like a first world problems. There's so much stuff on them now, and I don't like that the numbers don't kind of make sense to me. I'd like, do you know what I mean? I'd, I'd like model one to start with part one and then you look for part two and it'd be next to part one, etc. But I get very frustrated flicking. You've got like three sprues in a box and you're flicking. Oh, it's not on that one. It's not on this one. Well, where's bloody 42? Yeah, it gets quite annoying. You don't really find that on some of the uh, single pose um, SPG plastics so much. But uh, when you've got like a, a set of the new multi-part Space Marines or something, and you got three sprues in a box. It can get quite annoying finding a certain. Yeah, Necromunda stuff is very, very, <laughs> uh, yeah, very much like that. I mean, it's wonderful stuff, but yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I don't, don't I don't know whether I don't know what other way around it. Maybe you can number them differently, but then other people will probably not like them number the way I'd want them numbered. If that makes sense, but if you're going to follow it bit page by page in the rule in the in a, in a guide, I'd like them to be numbered in a way that kind of makes sense. So you're model number one, part number one, and then part number two is next to it. So you don't have to sort of hunt around on the sprues trying to find when these different numbers are. Um, anyway, that's really not relevant. Um, what else? I picked up the new White Dwarf, as we've already we talked about, and we'll be playing it soon. And I only ordered one thing from the non-made-to-order. Um, like you, I didn't, didn't really need it. As much as I've got Rohan on the go, um, I've already bought plastics, plastic Galadrim for Haldir, and I've got the metal Haldir, so much as they're nice if i hadn't painted them i might have been tempted to pick them up so i had the metals but I'm, they're painted and ready for the for the, for the helm steep game now um i'm not gonna go back and paint more of them um i like the gimli on the the uruk idea i quite like I, i'm not ecstatic about the sculpt if i make if i'm gonna be honest with you i think i like the idea and i love the part in the film but it's not so wonderfully done that i feel like i desperately want to paint it um, I've got a battering ram. I managed to pick that up off eBay this summer. Otherwise, I would have picked that up. Um, I don't like the Ent. It's not a bad model, but it reminds me more of fourth edition fantasy wood elf army than it does um, 
Middle Earthish, at least in terms of Peter Jackson's kind of Middle Earth. It just doesn't look like it fits to me. And I love the plastic ones. So for, for the Ents in my army, I'm going to just keep converting and doing as much as I can with the with the, the plastic one. I just so I haven't picked that up. Um, so I picked up Mounted Leggy. I thought I love the sculpt, and I thought I don't think there's only any other Mounted Leggy models around, so it could be a handy one to have at some point. Um, uh, but I do Hobbit really... one with uh, Orcrist. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. I was thinking more Lord of the Rings there, but yeah. Oh yeah, yeah he's the only. I think he is the only Lord of the Rings one. Is it all one with um, Gimli on? Yes, yeah, you know, you can pick the one and give me up. So, but I just, I really like the look of the sculpt, and I thought that I do like, and it'd be nice to, if there's something I like and I can use, I'd like to support each release if I can. I won't get stuff for the sake of it, but um, yeah, so I, I picked that up. That arrived today, actually. Um, the first thing I've got in the new style clams, I think. Um, very nice. Very, very nice. Yep. I don't know when I'll pay it. will be in its clam for a very long time, I imagine. <laughs> like you said earlier, people buying these things and they just sit there. Um, it's just it's just timing and when you need things. If um, I converted my gambling already this year, I haven't painted him yet, but I, I cut his banner off and his hand. Um, I sculpted a new banner and I've magnetised the hands between the foot and the mounted model I've got. So I only have to paint one banner, so I don't need a gambling without banner as much as it's, it's cool. I'm not in a position... And I think it's a really good place to be in for me because it would bankrupt me. I'm not in a position where I feel I want to collect every single sculpt. If I'd been in the game from the beginning or a long time ago and I'd picked up most things, I would definitely be now thinking, well, I haven't got that sculpt, I want to get it. I, I am a collector, but I'm so far away from having every miniature in the game as it is anyway. Um, those models just don't fit into my current things so they're quite safe for them i'm not sitting there going oh i really want to get that they're, they're nice but i just didn't feel the, the feel the urge um but saying that i will be ordering a set of bats tomorrow um as they go live in the morning because um well, i had them in my and painted um um advanced hero quest ones were the ones i was using in my half finished um azog's armies so um i'll order a, a set tomorrow but because uh, they will have some use they will fit in the other replacements of the stuff I had before, but other than that, yeah, that's me done. We've still done plenty. I think yeah. in ways we've both done a bit. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We still it's, it's chipping away at it. Um, once I've got these Moria goblins done, that will really open up my kind of excited hobby time because I'm really excited about building the building the board. I've got the foam weight and I've got my new Proxom wire cutter ready to go. So that'll be a fun build to do. Um, and I really want to get all that out of the way. So hopefully over Christmas and New Year, I can really sort of forge on with Smaug and get it done. I'd love to have sort of a, when we time we hit our New Year, first show in the New Year, um, I'd love to say, yeah, Smaug's done and finished and have quite a few videos to put up over um over january so that'll be a, a bit of a stretch goal because i don't need him for anything i also want to get all that stuff done and finished so that i can get back on with the the rohan stuff that we need for helm's deep with vaccines and things on the horizon uh the chance of us playing um our helm's deep game in uh, sort of late spring early summer is looking um looking a lot more on isn't it so um, i want to make sure that when we can do it that i've <laughs> I haven't gone to sleep on the project and um don't have the models ready yeah i mean i've got to i want to get my uh, fancy fellowship out of the way first well say out of the way it's the thing i'm excited about so i want to get it done uh, and then i need to do some works so 
Yes, yes. Oh, I've got a lot of those to do as well. And then you can um, also get um, get some loads of scouts, can't you? So we can because your board is perfect for Alan Hen. You know, it's your favourite thing. So even if we're still on lockdown, you could film Alan Hen. You just don't have the model to do it. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> <Many teams. laughs> you must paint all of the uh, breaking of the fellowship and all of the Uruks just so that we can play uh, Alan Hen with you filming it. Well, I do really want uh, breaking the fellowship, but I don't think you can currently get it. Um, I think it was out of stock at Warhammer World, wasn't it? I don't know if it's back. Yeah. Well, who knows? You might see a, a not MTO in the in the future. Because obviously, this was the one of late was for War and Rohan. I imagine they'll do something for um, Quest of the Ringbearer. And uh, who yes. knows when that'll be. But maybe they'll be included in that because they've given them a nice new Legendary Legion and they're not available. So it would make sense for them to release them again. Yeah, there's a lot of things in there. And I think we can make pretty safe assumptions that should COVID not stop it, that'll be something we see I, I think it's quite right that they're not probably announcing those things at the moment when they can't you know for, for covid reasons they can't fulfill a, mo- a made to order that's been announced in the way that they wanted it'd be they'd have to be very cautious about promising something for the future so it's really difficult for them but i would i i might be wrong but i'd have put money on the we one have been announced by now whether we've had it or not but i would have put money on one being announced already. In fact, we may have had it, mightn't we? It might have been now that it's actually coming out. It might have been teased in the summer, and we might have just might have just had one with um, I don't know metal um, uh, mounted wraiths. That will be something that people are after. Um, yeah, um, been a, a good business for those. rights and um, dead marsh spectres yeah, and things like lots, that. There's there's the lots stuff of those things. It, it's a made to order. It's it just calling out for a made to order, isn't it? And I'm sure that's the plan. I mean, I just need my uh, mounted Witch King, the Fellowship mounted Witch King. Now that's all I need to do my do my nine. Um, but I've got everything else. But it will come when it comes. Um, I'm not paying the kind of the hundred pound prices you see when it does pop up on eBay. Um, <laughs> Absolutely, no. blooming not. No. I mean, no, not knocking anyone who does. But if it was my um, if I was so inspired by that legendary legion that I want. I was thinking of taking it to events and things. Then you know what? Maybe I would have. But because it's, I've I've assembled those through my eBay buys for scenario play. Then yeah, I'm not spending hundred pound on a single model. I will wait for either it to come back as made to order, or I'll um, not use it. I'll just use the one with the crown <laughs> because because that's crazy money. Anyway. Shall we take a break and come back and talk all about Fancy Fellowship? The hour grows late and bland of grey plastic comes seeking my counsel. You are sure of this bland elf? Yes, the event is fully painted. It was in the event pack, under my nose the whole time. Yet you did not have the wit to see it. Your love for the Facebook group has slowed your mind. We must join him, bland elf. The commission painter, we must be fully painted. When did Surly Man the White give in to madness? But I am now Surly Man of many colours. Miniature Realm Studio is a commission painting service. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Or contact us directly at miniaturerealmstudio at gmail.com. You have elected the way of paint. 
And we're back with another Council of Elrond. And today, or this this episode, more more like, uh, we are talking about the Fantasy Fellowship. Um, and not just any Fantasy Fellowship, the the section in the new Quest of the Ringbearer book, um, which gives you rules for doing it. I think it's something that's, that, that players and people have discussed, not even players of the game, people discuss about who would you have in your fellowship if you could pick any any heroes from the from the films or books. Um, I think it's been something that's been discussed on and off over the years. So to actually have rules for doing so in in the game is um, is quite cool. Um, so. What we thought we'd do, we thought we'd do a, a very brief. This isn't, isn't going to be as long as some of our uh, segments around uh, the, the scenarios we do, but we thought we'd give you a bit of a kind of an introduction to what they are within the context of the game and the book, um, and the basic rundown of, of the rules for doing it. We're not going to read the rules word by word, but just have a bit of an overview, um, discuss how the, the linked campaign works in the book as well, and then talk you through our own selections. Really. Um, so, as I said, the the rules for fantasy fellowship is in the latest publication, The Quest of the Ringbearer, um, and it kind of sets out a way that you can select your own nine heroes to take, um, or to play in games, and to take on a campaign in the book as well. So, Dan, do you want to start us off with the um, with the rules? How do, how do we go about choosing our fantasy fellowship? Well, essentially, it works on the same basis, the, the fellowship being nine models, or... Well, nine choices. Models is somewhat interesting. Um, So basically what you do is, rather than choosing the traditional nine members of the fellowship, uh, you would substitute any of those. I mean, you don't even have to. You can only potentially substitute one model. If your fantasy fellowship, for instance, doesn't want to take Aragorn for whatever reason, you want to swap him for another model, and while retaining everyone else, you could do so, if you so wish, the rules allow. So basically the way it breaks down is the first step is to select your ring bearer uh, being the pivotal character of your your fellowship. Is that they're the person who's carrying the ring to Mordor in order to destroy it. So you've got four options. Uh, you've got Frodo Baggins, um, and it does specifically denote which army list it's coming from. So Frodo from the fellowship army list. So not necessarily the one from the Scouring of the Shire, Frodo Nine Fingers. Um, Bilbo Baggins from Thorin's Company Army List. Bilbo Baggins from the Shire Army List, so old Frodo. Sorry, old Bilbo. Apologies. And Smeagol from the Fellowship Army List. So you could run with a more evil Fellowship, which I find quite interesting, or even if you wanted to try and create some mad concoction from the early days when he first steals it from Deagle. Yes. Which I think could be quite an interesting way of running it forwards. That was one of the first things that came to mind when I saw that. Actually, I haven't done that, um, but I thought, oh, I wonder if you could get away with not using the um, the, the Gollum Schmeagel model and actually sort of say it was Schmeagel and uh, that uh, he didn't send him bad immediately and, and, and use some of the uh, the Hobbit characters in your fantasy fellowship and, and do it that way. It'd be quite cool. Um, one thing I didn't read before I started actually reading these rules, um, I'm sorry to jump in, um, but just more make comments on the stuff you're saying really when it's when it's relevant. But before I actually started reading the rules, 
didn't immediately occur to me that you have to pick one of the the ring bearers from the story that you might be able to kind of go a bit more off piste with it but it does kind of and rightly so i think in many ways but it does kind of restrict you to um yes you can go your own way but you, you've got to be within the, the, the main narrative of the, the film and books you can't go completely crazy and say that um i don't know um Barlaman had the ring or something like that yeah the only thing i could have potentially have seen them doing perhaps you know is order maybe at a change of heart uh-huh yeah I didn't but think of that. i think you know it's still got to be relatively within the bounds of you know the, the the established fellowship and the established timeline purely for the basis of um being able to maintain the campaign yeah it would be hard for tom i think there's a line in the minute isn't there something around trying to make you don't have to but do try and make sure that your uh your characters are in the same timeline or in the yes. same time, in the same era, so to speak, and it would get quite hard if you chose um, Isildur, wouldn't it? You, 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 apart from all being elves, you would you maybe struggle to to find enough um, named heroes that could go with him as part of his fellowship. Yeah, um, this is very much uh, a more narrative based part of the uh, the hobby. It's it's not based on a competitive uh i mean i know i've seen people talking about the 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 most competitive um ways of putting forward a fellowship in order to complete the uh scenarios and get to the end and win um yeah and as much as we've covered in the previous uh episodes um given that the last game is largely down to a couple of dice rolls how much you can win in game (laughs) that i don't know um, especially Steve with his guar here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the next step is to choose your companion. So traditionally this would be Faithful Sam, but um, it can be an important member of your fellowship, uh, any loyal friend. So uh, you can have any Hobbit hero that has not already been chosen as your ring bearer, with the exception of the four travellers. Yeah. Um if Bilbo Baggins from Thorin's company list is chosen, then his companion may instead be another member of Thorin's company under 60 points, if you wish. Which is quite So cool. that's pretty cool. Yeah, I like the way that's that's gone with both of those. Again, it's it's making sure that you, you're... It's like a slight diversion from what really happened rather than a kind of rip it up and start again, isn't it? Um, so you're not kind of basing it out of, um, out of the north and it's not all men of um men of esgaroth or something like that you've you've got to pretty much stick to um deviations from the path set out in the in the proper canon yeah absolutely um and then from there on it's choosing the rest of your fellowship it become there are some stipulations within that um so merry and pippin may be replaced by any named hero models in the game however neither may cost more than 50 points each including any warrior purchase for yeah, so that's pretty self-explanatory, really. Yeah, you can't replace your ten-point models for um, whopping or all hitting hard-hitting heroes. But I suppose it all balances in the end, doesn't it? Yes, and we'll come to that at the end. Um, so Gandalf the Grey uh, may be replaced by a hero model from the following list, all of which can may can utilize a variety of different magical powers to their advantage. Gandalf the Grey, Saruman the White, Radagast the Brown, Galadriel, Elrond, Master Riv- Elrond, Master Rivendell. Celeborn, Cairdan, Arwen, Gildor, Thranduil, and uh, that's about it. If Simon the White is selected as your wizard, then you may select Grima Wormtongue as a member of your fellowship. So uh, normally you wouldn't be able to, but in the case of Simon the White, you can. Um, 
Uh, the remaining members of your fellowship, Aragorn, Legolas, Gimli, and Boromir, may be replaced by uh, any other named hero models you choose. Remember that whoever you choose to replace certain characters will take on their role. So if you choose Prince Imrahil as a replacement for Aragorn, or Prince Imrahil that fights at Helm's Deep, it's also important to remember that Boromir is doomed to die. So whoever you choose to replace Boromir is also doomed to die. So I have seen some people, interestingly, choosing to take a 10-point model for him. So you end up with uh, the least amount of uh, handicap to your fellowship after he's dead. Can't say I approve of that personally, but everyone makes their own choices. Um, there are a few additional rules to take into account when selecting your fantasy fellowship. So um, obviously, at first you might be thinking, oh, well, I'll just take all of the really expensive characters. You know, I can take, you know, a collection of the really hard. So you've got Prince Emrahil and you've got, um, you know, Aragorn LSR and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But the total cost of your fellowship may not exceed 750 points. So there's actually a bit of juggling in there. There's a bit of finesse. Yeah, it keeps you, it keeps you honest. Mostly. Yes. Mostly. Mostly. <laughs> uh, naturally, all of your hero models must be from the good side. No evil models here, with the exception, of course, of Grima, if you take Saruman. Yeah. So if you choose another character who can take the ring, they do not get it in this campaign. So you can only have one model with the ring, and that is your ring bearer. Yes. Selected from the four options that were given before. Models may purchase additional walking from the profile. Fair enough. Heroes that are bought as a pair, such as Eladan and here, Mura, may t- will take up two slots in your fellowship. Right, okay. That makes sense. There are some exceptions to this. For instance, Farmer Maggot with Grip, Fang and Wolf. Yes, because they are... They're not heroes. Then No, they're not. And while they have profiles, they're... Um, I don't know, they're not... I don't, maybe I don't know what the distinction is actually. I might be just because you're not heroes, like you said, but for me it feels like as well that they're they're almost like extra war gear with um, profiles. Those hounds aren't they? They feel more like that than they do, as in a kind of something you can use by itself, so to speak. But that could just be the way I perceived it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's certainly the way I perceive it as well. Uh, all models must have the infantry keyword, as such, no models can be purchased amount of any kind. Uh-huh. Makes sense. Which somewhat precludes uh, Bill, unfortunately. <laughs> so the rule of one applies here. So models the same name here, a war geek cannot be taken. It's fair enough. And while players are free to select their own members, we find that fancy fellowship works better and feels more thematic if selected members all coexist and were alive at the same time, which is what you spoke about earlier, which is yeah. basically trying to, you know, at least keep a, a, a modicum of, uh, you know, believability in our fantasy universe yeah especially if, if you're choosing it to play in this campaign then then very much so if you had another reason for for creating it then that might you know your motivations for that might change slightly but if you're doing it to take part in the campaign in the book then yeah you actually absolutely because you should be wanting to enjoy it from a from a narrative perspective yes the following models cannot be included in your fellowship under any circumstances tom bombadil goldberry gandalf the white galadriel lady of light which is perfectly fair because Tom Bombadil in a fancy fellowship would be hilarious. Well, Tom Bombadil and Goldberry wouldn't do it. They didn't join in and help because they didn't. Want no, to. of course they wouldn't. But uh, it would, given that he's, you would never be able to roll for the you know the effect of the ring because he. Did. Yeah. <laughs> it would. Um, they do also note that um, because of the way that the campaign progresses, and um, for instance, your uh, ring bearer gains the mithril coat and sting uh, Rivendell. Yes. Um, it is advised not to include those at the beginning because you'll get them for free later. So yeah. essentially you're wasting points at the beginning. Yes, yes. Makes sense. I mean, there may be reasons why you want to take them, but uh, 
depends on the way you're 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 thinking about it, playing the game, isn't it? Yes, there is there is always sort of that. Obviously, certain uh, events happen at certain points in the uh, the, the scenario, the, the campaign would be the best way to put it. So um, the White Wizard, so whoever your Gandalf character is, uh, falls at Moria. So um, they come back more powerful. Boromir is slain at Aramon, Aramon Hen. So his character, whoever you choose to replace him, is removed from your fellowship afterwards. Um Rivendell Frodo gets his uh, sting on the mithril coat. Um, although, if you've got some ego, he gains an additional point of might and fate because he, you know, doesn't nasty elves made the uh, the, the sword or the the, the dagger, yes. and uh, he's not going to wear the mithril. And um, each of the moles gets uh, items at Lothlorien as well, which is um, basically the same as the ones that are included in the Legendary Legion for Ambush on hand. So you get the Light of Rendil, um, Golden Belt for Boromir, which is hilarious. Uh, the Elven Dagger for Aragorn's character. And uh, then uh, they get extra armor at Helm's Deep. And bit, there's all sorts of bits and pieces that come in as through the campaign. We'll go through all of the bonuses. But uh, it's very well flavored. It, g- it gives you opportunities to um, improve or at least modify your characters to meet the, the way the campaign's going, which I really like. Yeah, I do. That is pretty cool. And it's nice that it's sort of set out that you still meet those kind of waypoints where these things happen. So talk, we're talking about the campaign, I suppose. We naturally got into that. What's, uh, so how's the how's the basic campaign set up in the in the book then? Uh, essentially, you play through a lot of what's included in the uh, Quest of the Rainbow. So you'd have Buckleberry Ferry. Um, then there's what they call rest points. And we'll come to that in a second because that ties into the way that the matches you play affect your party. Yeah. Um, then you do Fog on the Barrow Downs, Bear the Top, um, Wags in the Night, Barlin's Tomb, uh, Escape from Dwaradelf, Bridge of Khazad Doom, Ambush Amon Hen. Um, then you start to mix in certain parts from the other um, supplements. So you've got Ambush at Night, uh, Warg Attack. Um, Deepy Wall is breached, ride out, Emma's return. They're all in War in Rohan. Yeah. Okay. But you swap your characters from your fellowship into the place of the characters in those scenarios. Oh, very cool. So your Aragorn becomes the Aragorn in uh, Ride Out, for instance. Oh, uh, okay. I like it. That's cool. Um, and then it filters through some more. And then you start to come to the, the Gondor section, so Atop the Walls, uh, Charge of the Rohirrim, Denethor's Madness, etc. They all come from Gondor at War. Right. So again, you swap out your characters from there. So, I mean, at this point, we're talking uh, come to the end of all things, which is the last of the scenario. comes from, obviously, a quest. That's the 23rd scenario to play. Yeah, that's quite a lot. And that's, ex- that's excluding rest points as well. That's really cool. I, I like the idea of sort of those characters being transposed and spoken <coughs> to more kind of sort of battle type games, I suppose. They're obviously all narrative, narrative scenarios, but you, it's very easy to sort of think with the sort of Quest of the Ringbearer ones that are all a bit like Buckleberry Ferry, all a bit smaller and things. But I do, it's quite cool that they've kind of taken it beyond what was in the, the standard quest um, and, uh, and brought those things in from other books. And it might be quite cool to actually do that, but then also do it with with a normal fellowship as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, 
It'll be really good fun. I mean, as as we both know, and as people may already be aware, uh, Damien's playing through all of this with his own fancy fellowship. He's playing through all these scenarios over the next what three years? He said. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be, be good fun cool. to watch that as well. I, I think the first, he's been promising the, for the first one soon, hasn't he? So beginning of December, I think. So I'm looking forward to. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm very hyped for that. I've been really looking forward to it. The teaser was fantastic. Yeah, it was really good. Really good. I'm looking. Yeah, definitely looking forward to when those come out and, and starting to watch them. Um, no doubt he'll get all the way to the twenty second um, scenario. Then he'll stop there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, um, now so so how does it work if they get um, if your character gets or your hero gets injured? Then what's what, how does that resolve in terms of the campaign? There is a, an entire section on that. So basically, um, there is obviously the chance that your characters will perish on the journey. I mean, in the case of Aragorn, it is guaranteed at least at the point of Amon Hen. So basically, you have to keep a track of your might, will, and fate and any wounds they suffer as they go through the games, and these do have a bearing for future games as well. If a model of the member of the Fellowship is slain or removed as a casualty, they may not actually be dead. Dead. Generally, most in most war games, the removal of a model isn't necessarily an assumption that they're dead. It's just they're injured and they can't carry on or they run away. Yes, yeah. So you roll a table. So on a D6 result of a 1, that hero is dead. Um, and if there's the ring bearer, that's the end of it. So you could get to the 21st, 22nd, oh. and if your ring bearer dies, that's it. Go start again. I wonder how many people would just start again. Or just like, oh, I'll be interested to see how many people uh, get through Shelob's Lair. Yes, yes. Bear in mind, you can use might points, etc., to um, affect that role. So, okay. and there are certain ways of boosting it in and off. So, if, if a good player wins the scenario, then all the. Um, Hero models gain a plus one to their role. So if you win the scenario, you, you can't actually have your character die. That's good then. So there's lots of kind of extra elements built into it that I suppose it's when you um, have maybe multiple deaths in a really bad scenario and you're thinking, oh, how many, and you roll a lot of ones. That could be quite. Could yeah. Be quite bad. And given the scenarios, actually, um, most of them focus on keeping the ring bearer alive. Yeah. <laughs> So generally, you're not going to see that happen because you, if you, you know, if you, if you win the game, the ring bearer is still alive anyway. I wonder how I'm thinking as well. But obviously, we've not played many of the scenarios, but we've played a few, um, and I wonder how the approach for playing the game would change, knowing that you, it's not just a one-off game that you really need to keep these guys alive, or that the implications of um, someone losing a lot of. Um, know losing a wound and then or dying and then having to roll and then starting the next game wounded or something so it might make you play a little bit more cautiously as well um yeah i think that's the reason why we play things like necromunda yeah uh, because yeah it, it, everything has consequences and I, I quite enjoy that sort of more narrative style of play yes, yeah. uh so d6 result two or three is wounded the hero regains one wound but otherwise may not regain any other characteristics unless they are chosen as bravest companion. And we'll come to that in a minute. And on a four plus, this hero regains one wound and then may recover as normal. Okay. So that's not too bad, is it? So you've got a fifty percent chance of being completely um okay and you can use your you can use might on it as well anyway. So it's you'd have to be really, really unlucky. 
to uh, yeah. lose your lose your ring bearer early on. But like you said, if you, the further you go through the campaign, the more nervous you're going to be doing those roles because <laughs> you, <laughs> you know what it's like with um, if you play computer games and you think. Oh. Do I want to hit save here? And the amount of times you hit save on really hard levels just because you couldn't bear the thought of having to do it all again. And I can imagine it'll be the same with some of these. But it doesn't well, matter as long as you have fun The rest points are for. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, the basically, the way you recover strength is um, you choose a bravest companion uh, from your characters a fool of a took and then the rest of my fellow adventurers so the bravest companion at the after the game when both players discuss which remember you found the ship has gone above beyond the sort of the call of duty so you choose whoever was the best so you know let's say for instance aragorn managed to beat off like four of the five ring waves on his own he's obviously going to be bravest companion yeah so he's awarded that. So at the end of the game, obviously, you bear in mind you've kept a note of how many wounds, uh, how much might, will, and fate you've lost. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've rolled a d6, and that model may regain d6 might, will, fate, or wounds of the controlling player's choice. So you roll a, say you roll a six, you can put up to six points back on. So put all put two of the three wounds back on, and then two of his three might back on, and then a point of will and a point of fate. For his next match. Okay, that's cool. And you've got to keep a note of that. If the player, if that model has survived the previous game as well, then they can reroll that dice, even if it means the result's worse the second time. Right. So I think that's quite cool. Yeah, I like that. That's cool. So, fellow adventurer, the similar thing, they get D3. And again, if they survive the last match, they get a reroll on that. Uh-huh. And then Fall of a Took. So the model gains no bonus whatsoever. <laughs> This doesn't have to be awarded if both players agree that Fellowship pulled their weight fairly. Okay. If there's someone that's noticeably bad. <coughs> yes. So <laughs> I think, again, it relies on that sort of narrative honesty. I like it. I like it. Reminds me of university sports things where you got your man of the match and your, um, ooh, I shouldn't use that word. What should we say? Richard of the day, we used to call it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, yeah, it's cool. I like it though. It's a good bit of fun. I, I think, imagine it's quite fun having that conversation after the game as well and uh, deciding yes. um, who was the best. Anyway, I imagine that it's, it's generally not too much debate in that because if you think about the games we played and um, there's always funny bits and all of someone that's just rolls awfully every time and you can imagine it'd be quite easy to choose who was the fool of the took so i like it yeah and then obviously as we stated before when it comes to rest points everyone gets topped back up to the top yeah. essentially unless otherwise stated yes that's like i say yeah, that's cool so you've got to kind of plan it to get to each of your rest points so buckle how does it go so the scenarios come up next and you've got a rest point straight after the first one haven't you so you've got buckleberry ferry and then you've got house of tom bombadil straight away um um and i suppose that could be needed because you might the idea with buckleberry Ferry as we've played it is to get your frodo um to safety but you might well have to uh kind of give up some uh wounds or or, or um damage on the others just to kind of protect him to get him there so that rest point might be quite good um, and then you've got Fog and the Barrow Downs and then Weathertop and then you've got another rest point and you definitely need a rest point after Weathertop I reckon um, yeah definite chance and it's just good to see them quite quickly when you've just got your 
your hobbits there and Aragorn might maybe turn up late like he did for me when we played it. Um, and then Wags in the night, Balin's to escape from Daradel, Bridget Khazad-dum. So there's a longer section there. Um, but by that point, you've got your full fellowship, haven't you? Because you've been yeah. to Rivendell, so you need less. Okay, it's good. I like it. So it's Lothlorien after that, and then you've got Ambush at Amonhem, Ambush at Night, Warg Attack, Helm's Deep, Deeping Wall is Breached. Oh, there's a long run here, isn't there? Ride Out, Amos Return, the Dead Marshes, and then you've got Athelion Rest Point for Frodo and Sam. Um, and then Osgiliath, Shadow's Lair, Kirith Ungol, Minas Tirith Rest Point for Gandalf and Pippin, and then atop the walls, um, Edoras um, Rest Point there for Merry, and Charge of the Rohirrim, Denethor's Madness, Docks of Harland, and then you've got a Minas Tirith Rest Point for Aragorn, Legolas, Gimli, and Gandalf, and then Merry and Pippin are Plateau of Gorgorath, and then the end of all things. That's your 23rd. I like it. It's really really cool. And like I said, I quite like to quite like the the way it's brought in some of the other key bits. It might be fun to do as a more of a normal campaign, just with a with your with a the proper fellowship, but play it this way. Um, yes, it's an interesting way of doing it because you got your normal campaign in the book anyway. Um, but that could be a cool way of doing it. Um, I like it. Yeah, it intertwines a lot of interesting things going on. And then obviously you can tack on certain other ones. Um, you could do, for instance. Fun, I guess, feel, but you just do it with no. There's no consequence to it, so you just play it for fun. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, I like it; it's pretty cool. Um, and you said you you already touched on the campaign bonuses, haven't you? Some of the, it's basically getting your getting their um their extra equipment. Um, for the case of of most of them, so after after Lothlorien, so Frodo gets his light there and dealing, etc., etc. Um. Um, and then Rivendell, you're getting you're getting your sting and mithril coat, and, and if if Ringberry Schmeagol, if Schmeagol is a Ringberry, he will instead gain an additional point of might and fate, which is quite cool. So I like it. They're all very um, law based and um, fluffy, um, and yeah, you're going to need those things to help you later on in the campaign. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I mean, I've got a little note so. If you, can you think of any other uses for it other than the campaign? I think when we first talked about it, uh, we talked about the, would it be fun to do an event? Oh, just like a little one day or three round where people brought their fantasy fellowships. You can almost use it in a competitive way. It's um, it's just seven fifty, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, could, I definitely you, think you there's a, an opportunity for that. I think it might be quite cool. You could even do it in smaller boards, you know, like three by three boards or something like that. Four by four would be fine as well, though. But I think it could be quite fun. I think you could make it uber competitive, but I think that you very quickly there would only be one or two builds. It'd be quite nice to have one of those that that's a bit thrown of skulls ish in its kind of intent, where people they, you're still playing to win, but also it's almost <coughs> cool and fun. Um, and, and I suppose that's where you could almost allow people just to. 759 model hero armies and just let people pick alternative like evil versions of it and things as well but I can definitely see it being uh, fun to do in that sense so should we go on to ours yeah I think it's uh, worth talking about absolutely so I'll let you go first because this is you've, you've planned this yours for ages I think when we first reviewed the book I was very honest and said that I thought this was cool but this was probably the the bit in the book that had least interest for me just because I love the following the narrative from the, the films and the, and the books so much more. Um, but even though I thought this was cool, 
Um, but it was something that caught your eye probably more than mine. So, and I don't, I genuinely don't know who's in yours. I know one person, I think definitely because I think I've provided you with the miniature. Um, but other than that, I might be wrong as well. Other than that, I genuinely don't know who you've picked, and you've already started working on these as well. So I'm really excited to hear who they are and what models you've bought and how you're how you're going about doing it. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously it's been got, it's been out for a little while now, so I know my idea. But um, I've gone for Young Bilbo, so it's shortly after the uh, the Battle of the Lonely Mountain, Battle of Five Armies, and uh, it's discussed that uh, Gandalf obviously sees what Bilbo may have picked up, so he goes to uh, often Minas Tirith early. Yes. Um, so he has left Bilbo in the company of the dwarves and. Uh, the sort of the tides and t- times and tides of, of war have, uh, you know, shown that uh, Sauron has returned and he's, you know, regained his but uh, part of his previous strength. The ring has become awakened, so maybe speeding up the timeline by about fifty years. Um, so basically, it's, it's Bilbo head, heading out in the company of uh, the dwarves or some of the dwarves and uh, the elves, lending a bit of a hand because obviously. Um, Legolas's new awakening to his responsibilities to the broader world, uh, partly brought on by Tariel, um, and their trip to Gundabad have shown him that he needs to take a more active hand in uh, sort of not necessarily policing the world, but uh, combating the forces of evil. So I've gone for Bilbo Baggins, young Bilbo, Thorin's company. Uh-huh. Um, initially, I went with Sting and the One Ring, but then after reading it more times, I realised obviously you get them at Rivendell, so they've been subsequently removed. Yeah. His companion is Bomber the Dwarf, because I always quite like Bomber. He's quite kind-hearted, etc. <laughs> the um, replacements for uh, Merry and Pippin are Feely and Killy the Dwarf. Nice, because they kind of they, they they meet almost a very similar role, I think, within the company. Yeah. Um, plus, they're pretty tidy in combat. I was going to say, but being a little bit more proficient with the fighting. <laughs> Exactly. Um, and then I've gone for Radagast the Brown as my caster because Gandalf, you know, he's flitted off to Minas Tirith and uh, after the uh, debacle in uh, Dog Order and uh, what it did to Mirkwood, Radagast the Brown is very keen not to have a similar thing happen in the other forests of the world. So he wants to go along yeah. and uh, check on Fangorn, etc. Uh, then we've got Legolas, who, who is carrying Orcrist. Okay. Because uh, I, I looked at it that um, he would have received the blessing of Dane, probably, uh, <laughs> to uh, take on this task and uh, lead, to to go out and work in you know Thorin's legacy in order to combat evil. Yeah. Uh, so he's going to take Orcus with him in his in his name and his honour. Um, he's obviously going to be accompanied by Tariel, with yeah. the uh, the elf bow. Nice. Uh, we've got Dwalin the Dwarf because it needed a bit more combat. Although I've got a more, I'd say, balanced spread of combat ability throughout my fellowship so far than perhaps in the actual fellowship. Yeah. There's not so many lame ducks. Um, you know, he's, he's no Aragorn, admittedly, but he's he's pretty tidy for a, yeah, a dwarf think, and character. And he's quite right. cheap. I think that's all right. I think you're doing good so far. And then my replacement for Boromir, unfortunately, is Gloin. <laughs> Again, needed to be someone reasonably competent. Yeah. But it would explain, you know, I, th- I figured it would 
is kind of a nice tie-in with Legolas. Yes, definitely. And we know the Gimli's been born, don't we? So we're not. It's not like you're cutting any uh, any uh, family here. <laughs> no, no, exactly. <laughs> not ending any lines. Um, no, but it all it all spreads out quite well. Naturally, it should work quite well. I mean, I didn't really think about specifically, but there are certain synergies in there that work quite nicely. Um, Bomber's ability to restore will alongside Radagast with Nature's Wrath for clearing out some. You know, trying to cut your way through like all the goblins at uh, Bridge of Khazad um, yes. or Escape from Dire Elf, etc. Yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. Um, you know, it gives you the opportunity to do a few bits and pieces. It's it's not exactly done in order to game it, but I would like to reach the end of you know the campaign if possible, if I were ever to play it, and I think it would give a reasonable hope of doing so. Um, the only downside will be losing Gloin because he's a pretty reasonable combat character, but and again, so is Boromir. So yeah, I think know. I think you've I, <coughs> I think you've um, it's got some some balance there, like you were saying. I think uh, while you're missing the the very top power because you swap it when you start swapping Gandalf or Radagast and you're you're losing your Aragorn, Aragorn essentially for a, a Tauriel, aren't you? Because Legolas is Legolas. You're kind of, you're losing those real big characters, but then you've got some more middling ones to make up for your um, your, your hobbits as such. Um, you're only really yeah. carrying Bomber, aren't you? Um, and then he's probably still better than, uh, than, than the weakest in the real fellowship in terms of... Uh, well, how basic the the ten point um, Marion Pippins are. Um. Yeah, and there are certain things like I looked at it. Um, most of the real big heavy hitters, the, the things you really don't want to fight. Yeah, Aragorn still can't necessarily kill all of it on his own anyway. No, no, he can't. So, what's the what does it add up to points wise? Is that out of interest? Uh, I did have that worked out. I'm just going to have to do a mental calculation in my head now. But it basically, um, I think it was 750 on the thing in the One Ring. Yeah. Uh, so I think it basically about 740 points or something. Yeah, yeah. Because Sting, Sting and the One Ring are 20 points together, aren't they? Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously you get the One Ring so anyway. Not the One Ring, sorry, I meant Sting and the Mithril Coat are 20 points yeah. together. Um, yeah, I think I originally put Sting on, that was it, not the Mithril Coat. I originally just put Sting on, but then I subsequently read um, you, that he gets it later anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would, well, we'll see what I with mine later and we'll discuss that but uh, I um, I haven't done the same as you um, I considered a similar kind of idea for at the beginning anyway I'd have picked completely different people for a lot of it but I definitely consider that kind of um, <clears throat> Bilbo not really getting to go home and then realising early on what the ring he has was with the ring of power and um, them going into action straight away so I quite like that idea or Bilbo would have got home but not been home very long before Gandalf came knocking again and said mm, you know that ring <laughs> <laughs> got some bad news um, they, um, so I quite like that idea and I really toyed with it um, I went a different route in the end but um, which is good because we otherwise we'd have had the same thing but I do like it and if I was going to do mine's a bit more tongue in cheek if I was going to do a more serious kind of alternative narrative that would I'd have probably gone young Bilbo um, because that would have been my favourite way to kind of do something that felt different from the from the fellowship narrative, if that makes sense. So I do like it. I like, I like the route you've gone. And what have you, so you say you've got some of the models, where are you up to with your, your, your modeling and, and painting on, on, on those? I know some things you haven't been able to get and you've been searching for alternatives, haven't you? 
Well, um, I'm going to potentially order because there's um, there's a set of Legolas and Tariel on the website. Yeah, uh, that's got uh, Legolas with Orchrist. Yes, and the Tariel in it, and then I'll just convert to bow. Yeah, because she's got uh, I've also got spare bows from the um, Galadrim set. Yeah, so that's a really easy uh, one. And then I've got pretty much everything else. Oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah. So you're using the well, I gave you. I had a spare Thorns company, didn't I? So you've got. I'm guessing you're using those sculpts from your Thorns company. Yes, um, and that's cool, that's cool, I suppose, because you were talking about painting those. So if you, once you've painted, was it four four of them? You've got or five five of them, five of Thorns company in your Fantasy Fellowship. Yeah. Um. Then you've made a a good dent into that as well before you uh, paint the rest of it. Which is quite yeah, cool exactly. As well. Yeah, so um, and it'll probably give you like a little knock-on motivation to do the others because you'll think, well, I might as well paint the rest of those now. So then I've got the full Florence company. That's the way my mind works, anyway. It might be different for you. <laughs> um, it would definitely inspire me to go the other way. But that's cool. I really like it. Like I said, if I was choosing it more seriously as something I was going to collect and paint, I would have gone down a similar route. I don't know why, because I didn't actually go as far as choosing it that way. I. I don't know whether the, how many of those choices would have been the same, but I liked the choices you made for all of them. I don't know if I'd have picked Bomber as my um, buddy, so to speak. Um, I don't know. It didn't appeal in the same way, but some of the others you chose definitely really liked it. Um, so, yeah, cool. Very cool. I like what you did there. Right then. So... I went what a bit. I went a bit different. So my mine's mine's. I've got completely different motivations in mind for choosing mine because it's it's literally a paper exercise. I'm I've got no plans to um, build these or or use them. So I decided to go go for a different route. Go for a theme. Um, so it's, there's 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 two themes to it really. So the, the first point is um, so it's set. Um, so Bilbo. Yeah, puts on the ring at his party, um, disappears as normal. Frodo makes his way back to Bag End, as in as in the film, and finds the ring. And Gandalf you know, tells him that it's your ring now. And Bilbo's like, "Hey, what?" And he's like, "Gandalf, I'm like, you, why have you got to leave them? What's wrong with this ring? I don't want it." So he's so annoyed, he um, chases after Bilbo, um, catches up with him a few hours later, and basically says. Um, Oi, Boomer, um, what are you leaving me with here? This this is going to be trouble. And drags him back to uh, Bag End. Um, so poor Bilbo Baggins of the Shire, the older, um, has to go and deal with the ring himself because Frodo's not taken any of that from him, not being left with his trouble. <laughs> There was some there was some trouble the previous year we hadn't got over when they were they voted on some um, some trading deal with Bree and now they now they need some kind of blue pass to get through the gates otherwise Harry Goatleaf won't let him in and he's still annoyed about that um, so he's <coughs> <laughs> so he said so Bilbo's having Frodo's having nothing to do with it so we've gone with Bilbo Baggins of the Shire um, and then I've kind of gone been a bit silly with it I thought right let's let's make it the B team. Um, so with the proper fellowships, the A team, um, who would be the B team? So it's kind of like the older players in a, in a, in a football team or something, people that play in the reserves. Um, the second choices, the people you wouldn't go through first for each of the, the main choices. So we've got, as I said, Bilbo Baggins of the Shire,
fire. Um, and I have taken, and I knew you get the, you know, you get Mistlecoat and Sting um, for free later in the campaign. But I reasoned, and this is a narrative campaign. He's got this stuff. He's going to take it with him. In fact, he did take it with him to Rivendell, and that's why he was able to give it to Frodo. So, um, so he does have it from the beginning. I'm, I don't care about the points as long as I was under. Um, and then. Samwise Gamgee is obviously not going to go with him because he's he's friends with Frodo, so Gaffer's going to have to go instead. So the the old generation sticking together, um, and then to continue that trend, um, we follow that with uh, Mary's and Peregrine's uh, replacements are Paladin Took and Farmer Tolman Cotton. Um, so we've got another <laughs> farmer. So we we've gone full kind of yeah. This is this is this, this is full old. Uh, <laughs> old shylings um and then so if you can't have gandalf but you've got to have the b team i've gone the same as you you've got to have radagast haven't you if you're going to be slightly disappointed with what you've got you wanted something um um and you, and you get you get the b team so we've got um we've got radagast and then so if you wanted a ranger and you wanted aragorn but you got the budget version you unfortunately i couldn't think of a better fit other than halberad and he's nowhere near as good but <laughs> But he is a ranger. I have given him the banner, which kind of pushes the points up a little bit, which might well might well help in some situations when the little six inch bubble around all these slow moving hobbits and old men. And then if you can't have Legolas, unfortunately in that army list, there's not really any other named heroes. So um poor man's Legolas is Tariel. <laughs> um um not not as good as I'd like to go. I wish there was a, an, another. I'd like to go for a generic captain there, but you have to pick your name heroes. And then, so sticking with the old men thing, so instead of Gimli, well, we have Gloin. Gloin's taking Gimli's place. Um, and then if you're, if you're Denethor, who's your B to your A of Boromir? Well, it's Faramir, isn't it? Um, so that's what I've got. It's actually 680 points if you include the uh, the Mitchell Coat and Sting. So this is not optimised. This, this would be awful and wouldn't wouldn't make it through the campaign um but you know, as i say my motivation was to, to have a little bit of fun with it um and and go with mainly elderly people there's a lot of gray hair going on there to be honest with you apart from tariel um and faramir there's a lot of lot of gray hair and um old hobbits but there we go there was there was a semblance of logic to the to the replacements even if there's not semblance of logic to how they perform in the game <laughs> there's not a lot for you it's, to say to that really it's just me having some fun with it really but um uh yeah <laughs> like i said i could have gone two routes and if i was doing it to genuinely build and play um i would have gone down the route you did um as i said there might have been a few different choices along the way but the kind of the narrative theme that you went with was was what i like would like to do because it's it's feasibly possible whereas what i suggested is of course feasibly possible i was just being silly and flipping with it but um, um I, I wanted to put a silly reason why uh why bilbo went and frodo didn't and um i toyed with taking young bilbo but i thought i really wanted to take all those old all those old hobbits and it just seemed to make sense and there's just these really nice so if you want to took um you, you've got paladin if you want to if you want to you know farmer cotton if you want samwise well, why don't you take his take his um take gaffer so it just it just seems to be pretty straightforward choices um so yeah it was fun to do didn't take me long to work out <laughs> um, and i won't be building and playing with them because i think they, this would perform very badly on the table i imagine there's a there's a lot of room for improvement there especially in terms of the big hitter character categories but hey oh all good fun all good fun
Um, but back to my being more sensible about it, um, it is a really fun part of the the book that a lot of people have taken a lot of motivation from. I think um, or, you know, Damien so much that he's going to produce three years worth of videos. You, your, your, your building and painting your models for, and I know a lot of other people were very excited about talking about well how they would choose it and they're, they're thinking about it in terms of rules and synergies and things which is great it's nice to hear people talking about it most people find more sensible about it than i've been there um but it was more to the point of picking something just for us to talk about and have a laugh with um i do like it um like i said to you before i can i'd happily take part in, in playing the games but i'd probably be the other side of the the, the table if you want to do it yours through the campaign i would very happily play the the evil side of the uh the games um but I quite like to run the normal fellowship through that style of campaign myself. Um, and that's what it boils down to with me. It's just, oh, will I pick the original line? But I like it. And I like the idea of, like I said, a little, maybe a little evening at, a, at an event, maybe of a little kind of couple of round mini tournament where people pe- take, paint, take their fellowships up against each other. That could be a fun alternative thing to do. It's definitely got some, definitely got some fun. Absolutely. It's, it's definitely, you know, probably. Yeah, I'd say it's my favourite part of the book, from an already great book. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's really good. And, when, and like, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. When I say it's my my least favourite part, I really still love it. It's great. It's just I was more so I was more excited about the the other parts. And as I was playing around with it today, um, thinking about what I could take, and I, there were lots of different sort of routes to take that came up, um, um, and. I could have gone down a number of different routes. I think, I suppose what, the one thing that narrows you down at the beginning quite naturally is that you can, you've only got between, you've only got between what's of one of four options for your ring bearer. And that kind of, if you want to stick it, stick to it, some kind of logical narrative that kind of narrows you down a little bit. But I was, you know, I was playing around all kinds of things, especially with young, young Bilbo and I was thinking well can you get Bard in there as an Aragorn type of character and things so there's definitely there's, there's definitely ways you can go down lots of different routes starting from the kind of base point that you started from um, and then if you go down a kind of Lord of the Ringsy route you could you can almost go like a, a very elvish base route can't you that Bilbo or Frodo get to Rivendell and then it's, the, 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 it's Elrond goes instead of uh Gandalf and brings half half of his house with him, so to speak. Um, so you can have very kind of themey, kind of very elven forces as well. So there's lots of different ways you can go down. So either the, the complete mismatch, or, or I, I'm looking at the ones in the in the book. Um, there's like the all female one, isn't there? Apart from Frodo, that is. Um, <laughs> um, you can't really pick a female for, um, uh, ring bearer though if you were going to say that the most if we're going to say that one of them was the most effeminate you would say Elijah Wood fits the bill more than uh, more than the others but is it and Kasep uh, one of the examples um, they've picked an all female fellowship apart from Frodo there's uh, um, Rosie Cotton Sigrid and Tilda and um, Galadriel and um, who else is there Arwen's there Eowyn. Um, and Eowyn as well and Tariel it's quite cool so you can you can find theme in all kinds of different ways, um, and that's what's cool about it. So yeah, love it. Check it out. Have a go. Maybe knock your own furniture fellowship up and uh, um, tell us and tell us what you choose. Whether it's a fun kind of thing, whether it's a narrative based one, or whether you want to pick something that's got a kind of a competitive edge to it. But Dan, have you got anything else you want to talk about with fantasy fellowship before uh, before we move on? 
No, there'll be more to come in the future while I slowly get mine painted up. Yeah, I'm looking forward to you, you you getting them painted and sharing pictures and stuff. That'll be that'll be cool to see. And then, yeah, maybe well, some point next year when we get together, maybe we can um, we can plan it so that we can take them through some of the scenarios and maybe we can chip it away at it bit by bit. So each time we meet up for whatever reason, we try and do a couple of the scenarios. So you actually get to put them through the. Um, Put for the for the campaign. No more. There's definitely be pressure then to make sure they don't die when we get to the end, especially if it <laughs> involves driving to get it done as well. But yeah, really, really cool. Enjoyed chatting about that as well, and finally finding out who you had in yours. So we'll take a break, and we'll come back with heroic deathmatch. And we're back for another heroic death match. And as we said at the start of the show, we've gone topical. Um, we have Treebeard Vices versus a Mordor troll chieftain. Not so topical for him. We were looking, we were looking for someone sort of a decent enough matchup to fight Treebeard. Um, and we thought well, Isengard troll. Um, and we were going to go ahead and do that. And I was just looking through the profiles again that, earlier today, and I sort of thought, well. It's not. It's not a character, though. So we're really gonna. It's gonna be extremely one-sided without any heroics or um, might, will, and fate. Um, so then I thought, well, what, what do we do? What do we do? And I was flicking through, and I thought, well, there are character trolls, and I thought, there's, there's Birder. So I sent Dan a message and said, well, maybe we should just, just sort of promote the Isengard troll to a um, to a to a chieftain. And um, like Birder and, and steal his um, heroics and might, will, and fate. And then Dan just sort of said, "Well, why don't we just use the eyes and um, use the um, Mordor troll chieftain because it's uh, got a nice rounded profile with those things included." And then in our head cannon, we're going to say that it's actually an Isengard troll, but it makes little difference really. Um, we just thought that uh, I suppose um, there were some Mordor um, orcs and things with Saruman, weren't there? If we're just think, if yeah. we're thinking away from book logic, this is us trying to do some kind of narrative in every one of these, which we won't always be able to do. But we just wanted to excuse to discuss the uh, tree bear profile, really, um, with my excitement. I'll say we, me. Um, I wanted an excuse to talk more about tree bear because I'm excited about the new release coming up. Um, so with that in mind, Dan, why, why don't you introduce us to the Mordor Troll Chieftain first, and then I'll talk about um, tree bear. Right, well, the old Mordor Troll Chieftain is 140 points. It's a troll. <laughs> Pardon me. It's a troll. It's from Mordor. Uh, it's a monster. Uh, it's infantry and it's a hero of fortitude. So it's move 6, fight 7, 5+, plus, strength 7, defense 8, 3 attacks, 3 wounds, 4 courage, 2 might, 1 will, 1 fate. Carry, it's got heavy armor, which is included in its profile, and a sword. It can do heroic strike and heroic strength. It causes terror. And it can throw stones, range 12, strength 8. So in most situations, that's a pretty reasonable profile, actually, for its points. It's pretty good. Yes, yes, very good, very good. Um, I mean, we compare, when you think about when we looked at the Isengard troll, I mean, it compares quite well, actually, doesn't it? So we were, this is one of the reasons you, you sort of suggested this. So a standard Isengard troll who we were going to match up is 30 points less, um, has essentially the same profile, um, but just obviously doesn't have the the might 
the two might, the one will, the one fate, and it doesn't have strike and strength because it's not it's not a hero. Um, so you're getting quite a lot there for your 30 points, aren't you? You're getting two might, yes, a will, definitely. a fate, a strike and strength. You'd pay 30 points for that, for sure. Um, it'd be nice if there was an um, Isengard version. Obviously, the Isengard trolls are stronger than standard Mordor trolls, so that's partly where those that kind of difference in points is in some ways. But, um, yeah, I think he's... I think he's pretty good, and and it, and it helped us with our head cannon. The fact that the main profile line is, is is the same, so to speak. So yeah, I think he's he's quite good. Um, he's not as good as Treebeard as we'll see, but he's also not so far away that um, he's he's got every chance. Um, depending on how dice go in this game, um, so Treebeard, um, he's a monster Ent infantry hero of legend, greatest of all the ancient race events. Treebeard is immensely old and has potentially roamed the forests of Middle-earth from the dawn of the world. Since the loss of the Entwise, Treebeard has cared little for the goings-on on the outside of Fangorn Forest, instead concerning himself with shepherding those under his care. Should a threat come to Fangorn, Treebeard will undoubtedly unleash his wrath against it. So, we all know who Treebeard is, don't we? 190 points for um, the following. Move 6, Fight 8, um, 4... Strength 8, Defence 8, 3 Attacks, 3 Wounds and Courage 7. So similar to the, the, the Mordor Troll there, um, he's got 1 pip higher um, fight, 1 less for throwing, um, 1 higher on Strength um, and he's got three more, whopping 3 more on Courage but that, that makes sense I suppose with the, what we say, the low mental power of the uh, <laughs> the Mordor, Mordor Troll. Um, so his Wargar is his roots and branches, obviously he doesn't carry any weapons and he's got Strike, Strength and Defence, um, 3 Might, 6 Will, um, which obviously won't come into effect in this game but um, very, very cool and a whopping 3 Fate as well so he's quite hard to get rid of. Um, he can, not, not in this game, but he can have Merry and Pippin, so they are passes, so this option is taken. Both Merry and Pippin will ride to battle upon Treebeard. They will use their profiles from the Fellowship Army list, um, but counters being on Fangord Army list for all intents and purposes. Although this will not give Treebeard the cavalry keyword, Merry and Pippin counters passengers. Uh, upon Treebeard, with the exception of enemy shooting attacks, will not target them. So um, I think you need to follow the, the passenger rules um, in the, the main rule book, which aren't, you don't see used a lot in, in sort of match play. So this is a bit of an exception in some ways. Um, whilst upon Treebeard, Merry and Pippin will still use their throw stone special rule, using their own strength and range, even if Treebeard has moved this turn, without suffering the minus one penalty for moving and shooting. Should they dismount, Merry and Pippin may remount Treebeard by moving into base contact with him. It's really quite quite cool. I mean, I've only played one game against um, Fangorn, and that was at Throne of Scars last year. Um, and I was able to, to, to get a win with my, my dwarves. Um, but um, the they were definitely useful. The throwing stones did do damage. The fact that you've got no moving penalty, um, you know, it's just kind of free dice really, isn't it? And the fact that they can jump off and capture an objective or pick something up and think and move around, they're quite cool. I quite like them. And for 10 points for, for, for both of them, so you're getting them at half points, um, why wouldn't you take it? Um, so special rules, terror, throw stones, so it's range 18, strength 10. That's very good. Um, woodland creature as well. And then the bludgeon brutal power attack, which again won't be working in, in, in this little matchup, but these are great. Um, so Ents are not adverse to picking up their enemies and using them to bludgeon others that threaten them. 
Select one enemy model in the fight to be picked up by the Ent and become the Bludgeon. If the model is a cavalry model, the rider is picked up and immediately dismounted. This model cannot be a monster. Select a mon another model in the fight for the Ent to hit with the Bludgeon. Both the target and the Bludgeon suffer one strength eight hit. If the target is slain, the Ent may pick another target and repeat the process again. This may be done repeatedly until either the Ent fails to slay a target or there are no more eligible targets to choose. Should the bludgeon survive, they will be knocked prone, knowing that the Ent may keep using the bludgeon even if the bludgeon is slain. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, roll, you roll well on this, so you pick something with low defence. Um, you can get quite a lot, so I think how many models you could get around a, a, a base. This is the kind of, this was the balance when I, when I, won the game I played I got the only way to bring them down really was to absolutely swamp them surround them and, and trap them but you are opening yourselves up to a perfect um, bludgeon I was just very lucky, lucky that my opponent didn't manage to kind of kill more than two or three in a row he didn't have one of those runs where he, he ran around the base and killed six or seven all in one go didn't happen too often because they could be pretty devastating if they do I suppose that's the power of the dwarf's defense helps that kind of thing if you're if you're surrounding them with with hobbits or something, or or Moria goblins or something like that, you might well find that um, he, they squish a fair few more. Really cool. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's see how they go. What do you what do you think is going to happen? I, I'd imagine that um, Treebeard should win because of the extra resources he's got. So the extra might and the extra two fate should make make all the difference. But they're both able to deal out some damage. They're both high defense. Um, so there is, there is always the chance that, um, if I roll really badly, you can still, still do some damage and, 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 uh, and, and hurt him. Yeah. If I can get in early, use my resource, uh, put some hurt on you. Yes. Yeah. That's it. If he goes to time, <laughs> my resources should make the difference, but, um, you, you've definitely got, the, you've got the power to, to be able to, to take him out so um and if just what we wanted that's why we didn't want to just do it against a um isengard troll because with no resources then yeah you were you would have been a sitting duck really righty then so let's shall we go i'm gonna strike you're gonna strike i will be as well i think oh a one oh okay well i'll hold mine just so you can see i, I got through so I maintain on a 10, and I'm on an 8. So, 6 high. Same with You're me. also 6 high, and you win. Alright then. So, strength 8, and your defence 8, um, which is 4s. Got 4s. Um, I have... Whoa. You got 1. Yeah, I'll just do the 1. We'll, we'll get rid of a mind. 4s right. up. No, I do lose a wound, and I'm out of fate. Right then, next round, I'm going to strike up again. For a five, I want to fight only ten now. So Daniel's striking, I will strike again. Nice big six, so it's going to be fight ten. Fantastic, right, what have I got? Only a two. Which is also fight ten. <laughs> so it's just on the dice. I've got a six high. Go. Uh, two sixes and a one. Well, you do the honours. Roll the dice. And it's a four. Shouldn't I let you do that? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, you shouldn't. Um, right then. So, 
Looking for fours again. Oh, and that's it. I have oh, it. he's clubbed to death. That's the end of that. <laughs> well, we didn't see that coming. No, no. Yeah, it was a, bit, a little bit quicker than I thought, really. Um, but um, yeah, these uh, I got my special dice back out again. Yeah, all the old uh, microwave dice. Dear, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we need to stop joking about that because people actually start thinking I do do it. Um, right, so pretty much as we expected i think in some ways maybe a little bit quicker i thought it might go on for a couple more turns yeah if that's uh 50 50 had gone my way i might have been out on you yeah. out of uh might at that point anyway yeah yeah well yes exactly so next the next turn anyway i'm sitting on a might i'm sitting on all my fate still so it's 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 again the mix if you've got higher fight and you've got more resources it's um you're you're home and dry, aren't you? you? Really are that combination of both things. Um, if if the if your fight was higher and mine was lower, that might have made me think a little bit more about I don't know where, where you use your resources. But as expected, but it was more of an excuse for us to talk about the the, the tree beard profile. Um, being as we've got this beautiful new model on the way, and I can't wait for to see it. So, but um, anyway. Let's take a short break and we'll come down and close this, what is a vastly quickly stalling show, down. That's what happens when you record it all in one night. Thank you for making your way again to the end of the show. This is the first one in quite a few months, isn't it, that we've recorded it all in one sitting. We tend to... uh, do the main segment because they're often a bit longer and then come back another night and, and do the other bits to go around it um, but uh, time hasn't allowed that this time and we, we, we thought we had a show to do all in one go so it's it's longer for us to do it but it's quite nice to do it all in order um, the order you've heard it is the order that we've done it tonight with obviously a few pauses in between and a couple of edits where I forgot to press uh, start a video call on my phone for certain bits and all these bits of us. But it's been nice. It's been nice to get back and um, recording again because it's been a couple of weeks for us, which is cool. Um, so, Dan, have you got anything you'd like to let off your chest before we let these people go? You <laughs> no, just anyone? the usual uh, <laughs> Legion of Peter on Facebook. Um, we are still in lockdown and we're going into Tier 2 uh, from next week as was revealed to us today. Um, so the club's not open at the moment. Um, won't be for probably the foreseeable future, unfortunately. But it's still a nice little community. So if you want to join us, the Legion of Peterborough Wargamers, we're on uh, Facebook. So just give us a search. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, if you... I just want to say if you live in Cornwall or the Isle of Wight, or what's the other place? Is it Isle? One other island, isn't there, somewhere? Depends which blooming um, website you're reading. <laughs> I mean, Southeast and Southwest have found themselves into all three tiers. Oh, I think that was the way a certain news website copied them over because there, there are parts of those, there are places in each of those areas that find themselves in all tiers. I think that's why that error was made. Um, but um, no, if you find yourselves in um, the Isle of Wight, Cornwall, or the Isles of Sicily, Isles of Scilly, Sicily, what's wrong? Sicily, that's not wrong. <laughs> Isles of Scilly, then congratulations, you can game. <laughs> For the rest of the country, um, we can't game unless you happen to live with someone who's a gamer. So uh, listen to us instead. Or um, <laughs> go online and um, watch. So Harry's done a, a live thing tonight, hasn't he? A live end move. We've not been able to tune in because we're recording this. Um, so I don't, don't know how it's gone. I 
uh, it's done on YouTube, so hopefully you'll be able to go and watch that tomorrow. Um, that'll yeah, be I'll probably watch it tomorrow. Oh, I should say watching it tomorrow. I'm, I'm looking after child tomorrow, while one's at school looking after young child. So I may not have time to watch it, but I'll give it a go if I can. But I'll definitely catch up on it. So, um, Harry, hopefully that went well. Um, well. I would have definitely been watching it if I wasn't recording this. Um, and yeah, thanks for listening to us again. Um, reminder, there's a competition to win a T-shirt with our new logo on in gold. Um, you have to listen to the last episode to find out how to do that. Um, but it may involve something to do with social media, which leads me neatly on to. Um, please do head over to Facebook if you're part of Facebook and um, like our page and join our group. It's growing still. Um, it's nice to have some good conversations about your hobby on there. You can follow us on Instagram at OOTFP Podcast and on Twitter at OOTFP. And if you want to just email directly, and um, we did have one the other day, didn't we? We actually had an email from a listener rather than a message through Facebook or something. But if you do want to just email in the old fashioned way, you can catch just at OOTFP podcast at gmail.com. And if you haven't done already, do head over to our YouTube channel where we're there's probably about 14 videos up there now. It's getting up. I've been chipping away. I wish it didn't take so long for YouTube to process videos and uh, process HD. It uh, seems like it's a two day painful process, just about 20 to half an hour video up at the moment. It's pulling my hair out, but they're there. Um, <laughs> there will be more um, in the future. Uh, not as many as there will be podcasts, but there's definitely more things there. So do head over and watch me build um, Smaug and talk to you about washing up and um, and how to be careful with blades and stuff. But anyway, thanks for listening. Take care and we'll catch you soon. Ah!